Hey everybody, absolutely action-packed episode of the morning show today. We talk about the pump on crypto and other assets. It is just such a jam. We talk about Nick's conversion to being a Bitcoin guy. We talk about the gaming space. We have special guest Finn on the show to discuss gaming. The show's done in partnership with Shrapnel, so we're giving away some operators. Check out the pin tweet on the Nifty Portal Twitter account. Anyway, it's high energy show. I'm just gonna let you get right to it. Hope you enjoy it. Monday, December 4th. What a Monday it is. I woke up and I opened up the uh, just to see what the stock market situation was like. I mean, good God, Coinbase stock, MicroStrategy stock, Bitcoin mining stocks. Oh my, just cooking. I mean, I know you guys are paying attention to the, the crypto juice, the NFT juice, but I had to see what was going on in the old man market. And that was just wild. I mean, Coinbase, so Clemente, what does Coinbase cost right now? Uh, it's up 11% pre, oh, 8% pre-market to um, 134. This thing was $96 like, like 15 days ago, ladies and gentlemen. Like this is really out of control. Anyway, uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Today, we're going to discuss the huge surge in Ethereum NFTs led by pudgy penguins and whether it's going to continue into December. We're going to discuss crypto hitting new 2023 highs and we'll be joined by Finn halfway through the show. You guys know Finn. He's been making dope content with Jonah and, um, and other people in Wolves Dow, gaming expert, really, really cool stuff. Uh, he is extremely plugged into gaming, and we are going to hear what we need to be watching for. Real quick, wanted to give a shout out to the Bodago of the day. He's a new doggo. His name is Madrag, M-A-D-R-A-G, this morning. He changed his profile picture to a Bodago. Yeah, Nick was skeptical. He was just, Nick, he literally was just waiting to get the whole thing set. Clemente, pull up his Twitter because he's got the background. See, like Nick, he wanted to have the whole product complete before he showcased it. So he had to get the background cooking, had to get the PFP cooking. (laughs) Nick, you're sweating a little bit. Well, I... I worked out hot, like immediately jumped in the shower and then then got out. So uh, yeah, I'm sweating. Because the market's also real hot. Although I will can't say, leave, you can't leave your desk. You cannot leave your desk. Dude, this is it's EV negative to sleep. <laughs> like it's the worst decision you can make right now. Sacrifice your mental and physical health right now. It is the worst decision you can make sleeping. That's it's not uh, worth it. That's the traitor's mentality. I have shifted my mentality uh over time uh to just being like, I don't need to trade. That said. Like Nick, there's like, money like, to be made. Okay, but yeah, uh, the money is to be made is by me sitting on my hands for the most part. Uh, is for me like actually trying to figure out why more of my uh, money is not in a depreciating asset and how I can get it into an appreciating asset. Does that sound familiar, Pia? What uh, What do you mean? Sell your dollars, buy the corn. Am oh, I, you mean? You, the fact that you're full Bitcoin, you're like full tilt. <laughs> you're like a sound money, fucking libertarian psycho. Now no, that's the best thing I've ever heard. No, no, I'm not. Libertarian but, uh, I, I, I did watch uh, Michael Saylor's uh, presentation last night. And, and I, well, How many chairs, Nick? How many How chairs? How many chairs? How many is chairs? He sitting Nick? on? No, the one his presentation. To, I guess it was Argentina. Yes. That he, he. So I watched it. Obviously, it's his thesis on Bitcoin as a whole, but I have, without paying attention to him, been coming to similar conclusions, which is just like, why is my money locked up in shit that's not going anywhere? And really all that people are trying to do in the world is trying to get you to part with the the the, the hard money. Yeah, your money that's well, even cash from that standpoint, it they're trying to get you to to move from anything that's liquid. Yeah. Uh, into into nothing, into something that's illiquid and or worthless. For example, that includes buying random crap products. Like, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, it's literally anything that uh, you can part with. Black that, Friday, dude. That yeah. So that that said, oh, wild on Black Friday. Oh, crazy. I, there are some trades, and I like Easy's thesis from the standpoint that there will be another board ape opportunity which is the thing where you can buy it for a few hundred bucks and yeah. make life-changing wealth. I mean, Pepe happened not even that long ago. And it was yeah. Bitcoin happens. The ticker's oh. Bitcoin happens. Oh. Not Bitcoin, uh, the people's Bitcoin. Dude, I was playing <laughs> basketball yesterday and I was sitting next to this guy and he just randomly said like, hey, is anybody into crypto? And I was like, yeah, why? Like, I didn't go into too many details. He's like, man, 
I bought this thing Bitcoin. I was like, Bitcoin? Like Bitcoin? He's like, no, ticker Bitcoin. And I was like, oh man. He's <laughs> like, yeah, but I paper handed it, man. I made 15 grand. It's worth $3 million right now. I was like, oh, like this guy was just like, he was uh, early, dumb early. Turns out the guy's like some Morgan Stanley analyst that I was just playing with. And he was like, yeah, I can't dox my Twitter because like, obviously I work in TradFi, da, da, da. And he was going on about meme coins. But the weirdest thing was he asked about NFTs and he was like, yeah, I'm not huge into NFTs, but I'm really interested in ordinals. Like that was the one that he was really interested in because of the fact that it's on Bitcoin. Like that was the one he was like, it's really interesting to me because it's Bitcoin. So hearing that and like you could tell he wasn't like deep in the trenches, but he was like kind of active, understood some of the, the the interesting stuff. It totally caught me off guard though. I was like, whoa, like you've mentioned the people's Bitcoin and ordinals. We got so much more to unpack and I got to finish hearing what Nick said. But if we're talking quick indicators, my friend who I brought up many, many times, very successful guy um, who at the bottom of the bear market, acted like we did not have a business. Quite frankly, it was a little bit disrespectful. You know what I mean? He just kind of acted like it was a foregone conclusion that not only was our business going to fail, but our industry as a whole didn't exist. There was no industry. It was just bullshit, you know? Um, he started amassing more Bitcoin over the past couple of months, like the actual Bitcoin, not the the meme coin, like the actual Bitcoin. And uh, now he's just full, t- like as the price is going up, he's just turned into a monster. And we were walking and I brought up pudgy penguins and like NFTs. And I was like, oh yeah, I've been building this big position in, in pudgy penguins. And he goes to me before he would have been wicked disrespectful to NFTs and acted like I, a quote from him during the bear market was like, those are a good way to lose a lot of money. That was a quote from him about NFTs. Uh, all he does is he goes to me, don't tell me anything about NFTs. Don't tell me anything about NFTs. He was like, cause it's a slippery slope. Cause he's bought NFTs before and he's lost money. Cause like once you, once you start buying NFTs, it's so fun. Like once you're like, oh, let me like get a Coda and let me get a Mad Lad and let me get a Clanosaur. You're like, I kind of want to just ape all my money into this stuff. It's just so fun. So he just knows better this time because he doesn't follow the space. So he's like, don't tell me about NFTs. Even though if he bought right now, it's probably a good time because it's pre all time. Anyway, so Nick, you're turning into a Bitcoin guy, which is incredible. Uh, It's not necessarily a Bitcoin guy, although I did realize I actually have close to two Bitcoin is the is the number that I have. Let's go, Nick. Uh, but 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 I but I want uh I want more. Why? Yeah. So I was thinking like one of my frustrating things right now is I've I bought a hundred thousand dollar treasury bond, but it's like six months, and I still what? have I still have two months left on it, oh. and and so I'm just like shit. You'll get it. Back. Ah, God no, the, because like. It, I'm I'm depreciating my I can't get out oh, of yeah. this damn thing. You're dude. getting wrecked. Dude, oh man. And I'm so pissed uh about about that position because what I want to do is ape it into I want to get another I wanted to I was like I'll easily buy at least one more Bitcoin right off the like right away and yeah. then I would get um maybe some Solana and uh I, I don't know. Uh, some shrap, maybe. <laughs> Let's go. Speaking of shrap, so first off, uh, I just have Clemente pulling one thing up for me because I want to talk about one thing. But anyway, I uh, want to take a second to thank the partners of today's show. You see him on stage. That's shrapnel. Nick just brought up shrapnel. As most of you know, easy access to their game is right around the corner. It's coming to you this month. The easiest way to guarantee access to the game is to buy an extraction pack, which you can think of as like a Fortnite battle pass, but on steroids because it's got a crypto base. It gives you weekly gear drops, early access to the shrapnel game, and more benefits that haven't been released yet. We're also giving away two operators today. Wow, let's go. Those are 0.2 Ethereum each. I was buying those buying operators last week. All you need to do is go to the pin tweet and comment a picture of your favorite NFT that you own. So Clemente's got a tweet pin. Comment a picture of your favorite NFT. Uh, we're going to announce the winners tomorrow. I realized that I, I didn't mention. So Shrapnel is an upcoming first-person shooter game uh, in the AVAX ecosystem. Uh, take a look at the trailer, ladies and gentlemen, okay? So, so uh, I'm going to actually roll into this next thing here. Last NFT cycle, right? There was a lot of theoreticals. There were a lot of, they're going to make a movie. They're going to make a a TV series. They're going to make toys, right? And then 
a bunch of people made millions of dollars and nobody did anything for the most part. It was almost like entirely people that didn't do anything. And I feel like that sort of feeling is going it, to, it, it's stuck with a lot of people, but they don't realize that this time we have actual legit people. You have shrapnel who has the people that are making shrapnel uh, have experience building triple a games. You have Luca, a young ass entrepreneur that it feels like he's really going to, you know, drive pudgy, uh, to a to, to become a big deal, uh, Nick. It looks like we have Pac Man. You have Heist. Beanie. Beanie's <laughs> Beanie's around. <laughs> Beanie's really good at like investing and stuff. I mean, he literally, dude. He called the Codas. He's like, I just swept Codas. I looked right after he swept them. Right after too- he was fading NFT. Like literally, he posted a tweet about like, I don't think NFTs are going to appreciate this cycle. We'll check it out. So do you know why? Because he's old. And he's been around the block. And uh, if you look at what Rom tweeted, our boy Rom that came on the show on Friday. <laughs> Dude, I love Rom. Rom comes through. He quote tweets NFT statistics. Rom quote tweets NFT statistics. And he writes, NFTs are the first to lose liquidity and the last to gain liquidity in crypto, which makes sense because they're the riskiest thing. So when the going gets tough, everyone dumps all their NFTs. And when things pick up, it t- after the bear market, it takes a while for people to get to NFTs. We just saw that. We literally just saw that happen definitively. Everyone was scrambling to buy NFTs in the past two and a half weeks because people were first building Bitcoin positions, then they're building altcoin positions. Then everyone's like, holy shit, I got to buy so many pudgy penguins. <laughs> everyone at the same time was like, I just need to go and spend $50,000 on pudgy penguins. But anyway... Um, it's just really exciting to have real stuff being built. Pac-Man's a high school dropout. He in high school he goes to San Francisco to work for a you know as a software engineer at a legit startup. Then he goes to MIT. He drops out of MIT to go into Y Combinator. Now he makes Blur. We have like legit people making real stuff now. It's pretty exciting shit. It's pre- it's pretty awesome. Frank was in YC. Frank was in YC. Absolutely. Uh, Clemente, can you pull up the stock that I just uh, pinged you? So, Nick, I think you might want to sink your teeth into this bad boy. So check it out. So I know a lot of people like, what are you even talking about? You're talking about a stock. People have IRAs. I got an IRA. There's no Bitcoin ETF yet. When there is a Bitcoin ETF, I'm probably not going to buy it because I don't want to pay the fees. This is a Bitcoin mining stock. And as recently as two weeks ago, its market cap was less than its net asset value. And I I started buying this at $4.50. This is Mike Alfred is on the board of this bad boy. And so uh, I'm digging it. I like it, it. The stock price is only $5.57. What's its net asset value? Uh, we got to look that up, Nick. We got to look that up right now. But anyway, <laughs> I actually I actually don't have the info handy. I actually don't have the info handy. Well, but, there's, a, there's a chart. <laughs> that was a chart. But I, be, I believe in smaller number theory. Micro strategies coming up on 550. Okay, there you go. Which, which is uh, 50% of its, uh, I think around 50% of its all-time high. Is that what the deal is? It no, it's, it's more than 50%. Yeah, more than 50. Uh, it hit 1,034. Oh, no, it's approximately 50%. It's pro- approximately 50%. Coinbase is cooking today to like 150 bucks more or less. The mining gold, stocks- Gold is pumping right now as well. For I, Yeah, gold is pumping. Look at the 30 day. A pump on gold is 6% over 30 days. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying. Isn't it also all time high on gold? Yes. So, like, it's in price discovery mode here, which is even more shocking. Like, this thing could rally gig around. Well, I'm not interested in gold. Uh, Yeah. I liked, I don't, I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to give, I don't want to give any, you know, well, let's just move on. You liked what? I'm I'm not, I'm not. What did you like? I'm not even gonna say. I I just don't want to give you any credit, you know. Is the is the the main thing that uh, I just don't want to do it. Say Look. it, say it, say <laughs> it. Just do it. I give you credit, big dog. Say it. Come on. There was what? There was one thing. Uh, well, <laughs> this is really hard for him. Michael Saylor. Michael Saylor. <laughs> Michael Saylor. I was watching the, uh, the while well, I was watching that, he made some comments on the uh, on gold on some of these other items. And one of the things that I remember Naval uh, having like really early on, I, I hosted Naval Ravikant, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. 
I ended up hosting a, a dinner where he uh, came as a panelist. Basically, I just interviewed him basically at um, at this dinner of investors in San Francisco in like 2018, maybe. Um, and Bitcoin was a hundred bucks, and a, a lot there were a lot of people um, that were talking Bitcoin in uh, San Francisco, and he was one of them. But the biggest thing that he was talking about, one of them, which I liked from Saylor's presentation, was the the combination of factors that contribute to Bitcoin being a valuable asset, basically, is what he, he was uh, suggesting with it. And one of the things I like is the network effects yes. side of thing and uh, the fact that you can just move it around easily. Yes. Um, and I think that that, Look, that you can say that that's the case with most uh, digital money. If you want, it. like, like you, you, but you're not really moving it around. Uh, well, if you moved uh, Solana or something like that to, oh a, yes, to yes, wallet, sorry, I thought you were talking I, I about like, that, no, yes, I'm not talking okay. about dollars. Um, but the the reality is, you can't. Uh, here's the biggest reason I've been paying attention to this. Just hands down, is not is nothing to do with uh, uh, Bitcoin, with the fact that. We're now basically saying, well, it, uh, inflation is, quote, declining. The, the accelerated pace of inflation is decreasing. So we've, we're still higher. We're, we're, we're like right now, let's say inflation went from 6% to 3.5%. We're 3.5% over the 6.5% over the percent, like basically over, like it's compounding. So we're still dealing with this inflation thing. Yeah. We're still dealing with the money supply which through all of this process has not really been decreased at all. It was like, increased. Like, they, they were pumping out some new cash low key, like a week and a half ago, billions of dollars. No big deal. So, so like the there's, it's a runaway train is what it feels like oh, at, at yes this point in time. Man. Yes, it is. And, and from that standpoint, I'm just like, yo, this, like, I'm just looking at that train. I'm we're, Consumers are feeling the price go up on shit. You're looking and being like, why is it more expensive where I am right now? Like what like that that's the thing that you end up thinking about. And that the food is uh high across the board everywhere, literally. Like I have people that are calling me that have like families and saying, Yeah, I know we do live in a cheaper house, but I'm gonna be honest, man, that food is pretty expensive. Like so all of those things end up uh in like essentially making your life incredibly difficult wages aren't increasing at a pace that actually like enables you so you're getting squeezed again squeezed and 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 the reality is like like i'm just saying i don't like that and if i'm if i'm looking at the money supply what i what would have been awesome is to see a chart of a spike and then a spike down is what you're looking for to be like okay they've got this under control they did do the spike down, but, but when you're like that, like if you zoom out, it's right? Tiny exactly, thing. Nick. When the chart goes up like a goddamn piss missile, and you have it go down like one inch, it's not really a big deal. So, so then everyone starts wondering, what the hell am I doing with my money? Like, like, and at this point, I'm feeling like, why do I have literally any cash other than the bills that I'm paying? Because where your 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 cash is basically worthless at this point in time. It's depreciating so, significantly faster than 99% of other things. And like that's if you it's going to continue to do so. It's so, been doing so for literally 100 years. No, not 100 years. Uh, 1971 came off the gold standard. So, okay, so sorry. sorry. Well, Michael years. Taylor was talking about 1,000 years is the way that he's measuring it. Now, obviously, and, and there's a couple of things that came out of that presentation that I thought was quite compelling. And uh, the thing that I thought, uh, one of those things was the fact that you're not looking at inflation but you're looking at money supply management, basically. And when he put that chart up, basically 100% of assets effectively deflate against the money supply. So like you're, you're, you're always in inflation. You're just not necessarily feeling it. So when he gave the example of like the S&P 500 correlating to uh, that, like you're going up in US dollars, he was saying even 99% of businesses cannot uh, generate capital faster than the money supply. So they're actually depreciating at the same time. The, the melting one, ice cube. The only ones that it. did happen to be the ones that a lot of us bought because we grew up with Microsoft, Google, Facebook, and everything else. So we haven't necessarily felt 
the pain as much as the average person that is holding all of their money in a, four, a 401k index fund, essentially, which is moving up. But like everyone's just looking at their absolute dollar money and and not taking into consideration the fact that like, because they're all focused on the short term. So that was one of the things that I saw. Anyways, there were a number of things that were made in that presentation that I thought were very compelling that was sort of reinforcing some of the stuff that I've been feeling recently. He used uh, real estate as an example, and he did say that REITs, and uh, re I love REITs personally because it uh, there's there's way less overhead management with it. Like when you're holding on to an asset like a house, you have to, you, like the liquidation process costs you a fee. You have overhead of management of the property. You have a bunch of other things associated with it. Whereas REITs in general, from my own observation, is it does tend to outperform just owning a bunch of property. Now, you don't have a roof over your head by owning a stock or, an, or whatever, an, uh, a REIT, but uh, at least you, you have something which is uh, appreciating uh, pretty, pretty well relative to everything else. So I do personally like REITs, but you still got to pay your rent or, and or your mortgage for a period of time. And that said, if you have a, bu uh, a bucket of capital, it is kind of better to, to own the property over a thousand years or something like that, just over that duration of time. That said, an old house is an old house. And I've gone and checked out houses when you're shopping for a home and you look at a house that's 50 years old, you're sort of like, I, I don't know your, your vibe, but unless it's like a historical place, which you're like investing in and all the places that do that, I was down in Charleston and that historical area, people go and buy a multi-million dollar house and then renovate the inside and they spend another million dollars renovating it. So the cost is just high of buying those places. The bottom line is you end up wanting something new. So in other words, your house that you're buying, it is going to age and depreciate and and and, and you're going to have to upkeep it in one, one form or another. My new thing is I want a brick house because I heard this Bitcoiner on a podcast talking about hard assets. He's like, dude, you buy one of these new houses. It's actually not even a hard asset because it's not even going to last like 200 years. I know everyone in the crowd is probably like 200 years, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, like if you buy something like that, you want it to be a long term thing. And if like, if you look at old money people, they got like brick houses, like stone, you know, really nice houses. Um, you still need the foundation of it could be actually uh, outside of inside of the brick. What, what is going on inside, <laughs> in, inside of the brick is actually uh, wood. So like you have wooden beams and things like that. And those do creak and adjust and you end up still needing to renovate that side. But you got a strong facade and there's even a building in Williamsburg that we bike by on that. I'm sure you bike by also around the corner from you, P.O., that has that brick facade that they're just putting up steel beams inside oh, of the, the Domino Sugar Factory. That's yeah. a historical landmark. Yeah. Yep. I mean, would you look at that? How old is that that building? It's probably like since the 1800s. They were just cranking sugar out there. But, but all you got is a brick wall. Like, so I, I don't know. I, the, the brick house thesis is interesting, but you still got the interior of it. It's better than a not brick house. It's better than an not brick house. Now we're digressing, but real quick, Nick, one last thing. Since now you're a Michael, Sa you're a sailor boy, which is amazing. It took you a long time to become a sailor boy, but you're finally a sailor boy, just like uh, just like I am. Um, Lynn Alden, the other badass. Like it seems like you're resistant to Mike Alfred, so we'll just go Lynn Alden. Broken money by Lynn Alden. What you were talking about about how your <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, Nick's just drinking a literal gallon of water out of a, like, that's the biggest water bottle I've ever seen. And he's just sipping it with a straw, like a, I mean, I'm sorry. It looks like a little, I'm sorry. All right. Anyway, anyway. Um, so Lynn Alden talks about how these days your average person is basically incentivized to gamble on assets because we're not on a sound money standard. If we were on a sound money standard, that you guys are just laughing. I'm trying to talk about Lynn Alden. The fancy man was like, "Yeah, I'm drinking this water." Yeah, I'm, like, Dad, I'm hydrating. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, Shay like came through. Shay's got great comments. Uh, Shay's reps an MF, or we got to get him a bodaga. But he said, like a big like, ass baby. It, lo it looks better than uh, like people that use vapes. Uh, my buddy, when uh, I went back for Thanksgiving, he's basically sucking on that thing like a fucking pacifier all day long. And I'm like, dude, it's incredible seeing everyone that vapes. 
they can't stop. There's no way to stop. Wait till you come to Miami, dude. Even the dogs do it down here. Like it's like it's crazy. Most people aren't going to be able to reproduce, dude. Look up what Andrew Huberman says about uh, vaping. It ain't good for you. It ain't good for you. It's the most like it seems like the most addictive thing. They took cigarettes and they perfected it basically. (laughs) They digitized. It's like the Bitcoin of cigarettes. It's like perfect (laughs) cigarettes, right? Um. Anyway, real quick, Lynn Alden. So Lynn Alden talks about how. We were on a sound money standard for the Renaissance. We were on a sound money standard during the Industrial Revolution. When you're on a sound money standard in a free market situation, investing is actually a niche thing. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing because when you have sound money, there's such a risk of investing it because the sound money is the thing you want to actually hold your wealth in. But right now we're on a non-sound money standard. So what do you have to do? Let's say you're a school teacher. Let's say you're a fireman. You also have to be a stock market gambler, basically. You have to deploy capital just to be able to not have your your lunch get eaten by currency debasement. So I agree with what you're saying. I think there's certain terminology. The reason that I've personally been turned off by a lot of this stuff historically is a number of things. One is just the absolute wackos that exist in the Bitcoin ecosystem. Now, that number has decreased over time. They're still wackos, dude. They're still fucking wackos big time. And a lot of them are fucking assholes, literally dickheads. And and I met a lot of them in San Francisco. And I was like, I don't like it. And it was so frustrating to because I was just like, I don't want anything to do with you, basically, was was the situation that I was feeling. And then the specific terminology what what I will say, it's a turnoff for someone that's used to existing in a different ecosystem. When you're basically telling me that uh, that my, the worldview that I have is stupid and retarded, basically, like if, <laughs> if, if, if you speak that way to someone, that that basically it doesn't feel good. And and so when you talk about like sound money, for example, that's one of the terms that are being utilized within the bit with it uh, among Bitcoiners. It's not if a Bitcoin I, term. It's yeah, a monetary term. Okay, but uh, it, it's very pop. It's popular among Bitcoiners, and then it became popular amongst Ethereum uh, uh, maxis as well. And and the thing, the the thing that I uh, which is someone said ultrasound money, uh, which it which is I I hate hearing those sorts of things because what they're not saying is uh like they're not like they're they're not they're so focused on it's it's like insulting to this one thing versus saying why this other thing is more compelling and and uh and and the terminology sound money just sounds sort of wooey like it sounds like a bunch of fake like nonsense basically just because you've grown up in an environment without sound money like your whole life we've been off of a sound money standard whereas like your your parents lives they actually were on a sound money standard for a period but you're telling a fish that water is stupid and so and so and so, and so the thing that's the thing that I, that which is why i i think bitcoiners in particular the narrative that they that they uh, provide oftentimes is one where there's terminology and other things that makes it feel like, yo, I'm in the water, and why are you telling me that my my comfy home ain't comfy? And it, it, that said, I liked Michael Saylor's presentation. And once you feel a little bit of inflation, yeah. once you have a taste of like being like, why am I being squeezed? And 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 watching your bank account go down, then you start realizing like, well, what am I? You start thinking, what am I doing wrong? Like what's going wrong with this system? One, I'm spending too much on uh, on stupid things, and then the second thing is maybe it's st- maybe I'm storing it in the wrong place, and so that's where. Uh, anyways, I, I, we don't need to talk about this the entire show because there's a ton of stuff to discuss. But I, I will just say it is relevant at this point in time, and I think that I, I like Bitcoin at three hundred fifty thousand as like my target for this run. I, I, I three hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. Let's go, Nick. Damn, there we go, Lord. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Which makes sense. Like, look, that it's it's why Solana at a thousand to me feels like a like a reasonable thing on this pump. This bull run, I think, is going to be iconic, uh, pretty incredible. 
Yeah. I don't know. This is a pump for ants right now. This is a pump for ants. I'm saying it's worth the beginning of that thing. And yeah. I'm, uh, when you're on a curve that looks like that, I want every fucking dollar to be in that, even if my money goes down 50% right now, basically. It's like, so that's why I'm like, I want that bond to get out as quick as possible. I've stock in the last company that I was at, which I'm trying my hardest to liquidate. Because <laughs> you're OTCing your old equity package. Uh, <laughs> the board of that company needs to approve it. And I'm just sitting here. I'm going to go knock on the fucking door and be like, yo, say what's up to some of the, the old people, that, like the people that work there and be like, yo, what does it feel like collecting a depreciating asset loser? <laughs> well, first of all, that is you trying to rush an OTC deal of the equity from your old job is absolute that needs board approval is absolutely hilarious. That's I, I'm so glad you shared that. That's wicked funny. Uh, second thing, real quick, before we move on to this weather report and then we greet Finn, we got Finn's been waiting here for like eight minutes. My bad, Finn. Uh, we will have you on in just a second. But <laughs> Bunny's laughing. <laughs> anyway, um, real quick, you mentioned the sound money thing in relation to Ethereum. Listen, I have 18 Ethereum worth of pudgy penguins right now. We have an NFT project on Ethereum. We are, I'm, I totally am about Ethereum for sure. But I always said the sound money thing with Ethereum was not only weird, but it was just like a bad narrative to try to push. It just didn't have to, it, it was never supposed to be money. And it was like, like money, like something that a Saudi sovereign fund was going to plow money into for a hundred years as a replacement for gold. That was never what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be the best technology network in crypto. And I feel like that whole, it's also money thing was such a weird, it's almost like you play basketball and you're like, yeah, but I'm, you know, basketball is hockey too. It's like, wait, what, what are you talking about? It's basketball. Like, I don't really understand why it has to be hockey as well. Uh, it's just a strange thing to try to like grasp to that thing when that's already covered by, it's totally covered. It's I, totally covered. I, I get what you're saying. That said, there are plenty of downsides to the way that uh, Bitcoin is structured. There's many upsides to the way that Bitcoin is structured. And and so, look, I, I prefer uh, diversification across this one like niche category. Yeah, of all your eggs are in basically. one basket, but yeah. It, 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 and so like, that's why like, yeah, I have some stuff in uh, higher volatility, higher risk uh, categories. But within this asset class that yeah. I would call it, and most and yes, the hardcore Bitcoiners are going to say it's not an asset class. You have Bitcoin, and then you have all the other uh, cryptocurrencies. Would be the way that you end up uh, sort of categorizing it. I will say ETH is not doing. The problem is, is when you get into both of those at the same time, making it both deflationary and trying to make it an effective development platform. To to your point, Pio, you do kind of shoot yourself in the foot to one degree. Is the fact that like. If you're not focused on a single thing, then you're not focused, basically. And I think that that's uh, something that's quite difficult. That said, I don't think, I still think Ethereum is strong, but I also like Solana far better as uh, a development environment because products are showing up there a lot quicker and the quality of those products are a lot better. So why the hell would I be like, what, like, We've already succeeded. The, the 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 job has been accomplished, and it's and it's working. And here's the thing: there's network effects on Solana, and we're seeing it. And the network effect source is literally social media. Social media is the network effect for all of these things, frankly, at this point. Which is why you see the Cardano people. It's why you see all these other places. The network effect is not an impact of necessarily Bitcoin, in my opinion. It's really more of a fact that like social media came out and was an accelerant that basically has been just an ongoing catalyst for all of these different things. And and uh, so you're able to go down this niche area and 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 say, hey, this is the future. Right. The financial network's also about to have a crazy network effect. I just sent uh, a screenshot to Clemente. So basically, Qatar Sovereign Wealth Fund is looking to buy Bitcoin. The rumors are getting really loud. Basically, it's it's actually happening. Like the Middle Eastern sovereign funds are going to start deploying their outrageous amount of money into Bitcoin now. And so here's the deal real quick. I mean, next year is going to be a wild year. It's I don't think it will be up only, obviously. But I feel bad for anybody that's going to be trying to trade this thing. 
because I, people are already saying like, you know, oh, like it's not going to be up only you're getting euphoric. You got to take profits, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, if you look at the chart of the previous bull runs, if you were like, I'm going to take profit in, in the first leg of the thing, it's just like a wild place to be. And like, dude, we got the legacy financial whales coming in. I mean, listening to, to Rom, Rom with that L2 thing, Nick, we need to have Rom on again and do like an hour with him nonstop because I wanted to dig into that L2 thing. Basically, legacy finance is about to be going full tilt. They're about to be competing with Spencer, basically. They're going to be doing Spencer level shit with more money. It, it is pretty crazy, crazy that you can self-custody these assets. And that was one of the categories in which uh, Michael Saylor was discussing is saying, if your assets live on a thousand year cycle, you need a way to keep them it like secure because like a, most banks disappear, most uh, businesses disappear, everything, most things can't uh, uh, survive that, that long period. But I do like, uh, Rom need, needs to come on, like, like, we need to just integrate him somehow into our <laughs> network. Be like, Rom, let's let's. Here's the deal: we're gonna we're gonna run your production. We're gonna send you equipment. Yeah, we're yeah. Gonna do all these sorts of things, and we're, and we're going to invest in you. And, and and what we need is you to show up on this show on a, on honestly, a honestly, 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 just let us in the Telegram, dude. I don't even need <laughs> him on the show. <laughs> you're like, never you gonna don't get even the... get on the show. Just let us in the Telegram. You're never going to get in the Telegram. He's literally in the Telegram with like Shamat Polyopatia or something. Okay. Like, like you're never going to get in the Telegram. Literally forget about that. But um, but no, anyway. It's, but... It's, it's, it's smart people who I think are not, whose core job is not marketing, uh, which is something he was sort of dunking on when he was talking about the backing up the Brinks truck. That was so it, funny. Um, the, 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 uh, Thing I was going to say, there was uh, one of the guys that I watch on the technical analysis side. He uh, he posted something yesterday, which was talking about the Bitcoin uh, pump, where it came from, and he was basically saying that uh, there the the number of wallets that spiked with over a hundred Bitcoin was one of the major drivers of this initial pump. His thesis was that like uh, Russia and Ukraine. We're buying. I don't remember where the hell that that was coming from and where the information that was associated with it. But I did find it interesting that it was whale moves that were happening that were buying significant quantities, not like uh, not small dollar amounts, um, and that those with less than a certain amount, those wallets did not actually increase. I mean, when you start diving into the details. I mean, you can you can tell with Rom, he loves it. He spends all day thinking about this. There's so much analysis to be done. We, we're way late on this. I, we got to we got to get back on the ball, even though this was a fantastic conversation. Bunny, you got your hand raised. Bunny, what's going on? I was just curious how much longer we were going to make Fenway. <laughs> he's gonna come on tomorrow he's gonna come on i know we're gonna push him to, tomorrow out of respect no i'm just kidding uh signal can we hit this weather report please Yeah, sorry, guys. So I'm just counting my bricks. I just need to know how much money uh, I have because in England, all the houses are made of bricks. So I'm just trying to figure out exactly how rich I am. Turns out I'm extremely rich. On to Monday, December the 3rd, that market volume, guys, it is scorching. It was 34 million this weekend. If you weren't at your computer, you weren't making money, basically. It's Blur at 27, OpenSea at 6.3, and Solana at 5.3. If we look over at the market leaders, well, Let's see, we have a new shade of green. It's called euphoric green because that is what it was across the board. You got Pudgies at 9.8, you got Azuki uh, at 6.7, 6.7, Miladies are up 11.7 to 3.9, and Apes are holding a 30 ETH floor. I'm sure Bunny is on the street telling everyone that. On to the other movers, you got Kampai Pandas, they were up 78% to 1.6 ETH, Sappy Seals up 38%, and the lower caps like the good old Wreck Guy, the Plague, Chimpers, Goblin Town, good to see those also pumping at least 20% this weekend. The top major stories, number one, Ethereum NFTs had one of its 
biggest day since early summer. We all know how quiet it's been, but Pudgies led the way as they ripped to all-time new highs, reaching almost 12 ETH before slightly pulling back. This collection is up nearly 60% in the last seven days. However, there are some major concerns on its short-term longevity as the collection's outstanding loans is up 60% in the last week to 420 pengus being used for leverage. On to story number two, moving to Solana NFT to got daily volume is slightly decreased. Most collections are still in the green. Mad lad, not stopping. 190 soul. If this was summer, you're in Spain, you're cooking. Solana Campai Pandas, they're also up 70%. And Badogo's also up almost 50% to an 8.4 soul. On to Ordinals over there, you've got the Bitcoin Frogs. They hit an all-time new high of 0.18 BTC before slightly pulling back overnight, which is $7,500. If this was an ETH, we, it would nearly have been the same floor price as a D-God at 3.3. Also part of the big moves were on-chain monkeys collection. They have began trading on Bitcoin. They're holding a floor of 0.1 ETH, which is currently Currently a $500 premium to its Ethereum equivalent. And then lastly, over on crypto, obviously, we've been talking about it for the last 40 minutes. Bitcoin hit almost 42K. It's up 13% in the last seven days with Solana and Ethereum following suit, while all the other alts slightly lagging behind. But, you know, we could have a last minute sprint here and see strong price action before the end of the year. That is all for the weather report. It is back to you folks in the studio. Fantastic weather report is, as usual, Bitcoin frogs, 0.2 Bitcoin. Good God. I, I hear that uh, on-chain monkey at 0.1. I'm like, okay, that, uh, okay. Bitcoin frog. Shout out to anybody that owns a Bitcoin frog. Good God. I know Kix has one. Yeah. Kix has one. Holy shit. I mean, wow. That is crazy. Point two Bitcoins almost. Point one six. Although magic, are there, uh, ordinals don't have uh, royalties, right? Easy. There's no, no royalties on ordinals. That is correct. That'll get cleaned up. They'll figure that out. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they're going to go no royalties forever. Layer um, two, like, layer two, probably layer two. But we did just get a big moment for the dogs, by the way. What's big, the big moment, moment here? We got, hit the noise, PL. Oh, we just got the CTO of Magic Eden with the and co-founder. So shout out, wow. Sid. Oh, shout out, Lord. Sid. Joining the pack. Shit. Sheesh. Wow, Sid from Magic Eden dropping a "This is me, this is all also me" new PFP. Wow. Join the pack, Bodagos. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what is that good? Is it good if the it works? Co- it works. Is, it is works. that good? I don't know. I think that's probably pretty good. Um, wow, wow, that's what I'm talking about. Um, real quick, so it's looking fresh. I like that. See, I'm an aviator person. I had a problem when we actually were creating the collection. We, I ended, I couldn't remove any of the aviators. I just kept oh, yeah. adding in aviators, and I was just like, "Yo, that one's fire!" And still to this day. I just love the aviators. Maybe it's because that's what the glasses that I wear. Do, doing creative stuff is uh, is awesome with Nick, but there's also moments where it's a pain in the ass because his biases are like so strong. He's like, well, I wouldn't wear that. I'm like, dude, you wear a button down shirt every day. Like you're not like a 23 year old guy that trades NFTs. He'll wear this T-shirt anyway, uh, real quick. So um, we're going to let Finn on in just one second. I just want to make sure everybody is reminded that this show is in partnership with Shrapnel, AAA level first person shooter extraction based game coming to the blockchain very, very soon. As most of you know, early access to their games right around the corner coming to you this month. Easiest way to guarantee uh, access is to buy an extraction pack, which you can think of as like a Fortnite battle pass on steroids. Gives you weekly gear drops, early access to the game, and more benefits that have not yet been released. We're also giving away two operators today, which are currently worth 0.2 Ethereum each. That's right. That's happening today, ladies and gentlemen. I bought three of these last week myself just for my personal uh, you know, wallet. But all you need to do is go to the pin tweet and comment a picture on your favorite NFT that you own. We're going to pick the winners tomorrow. Uh, hell yeah, this is a great day. Real quick, big shout out to Magic Eden, to our friends at Magic Eden. We've known uh, the folks at Magic Eden for a long time. We're, we're seeing basically everyone at Magic Eden come through. Monster shout out to everyone at Magic Eden for supporting the dogs. This is uh, this has been an incredible ride. This is awesome. It's been a crazy weekend. I'm I, like, my heart is swelling. It's been, it's been feeling pretty awesome in the timeline with just the sheer amount of... Uh, Bodago's support. I'm loving it. And it's also just like, hey, 
we're well, like we're just out here. Uh, I'm really excited about the next thing that we we release. But everything is just small steps at a time, honestly. And the Fuck biggest yeah. thing, uh, th- this is unrelated to just even uh, Bodagos. I will say, we have these conversations with other founders in the space. And I used to be so pissed off about like inaction for a period of time. I have this bias to be like, we need to launch more things, basically. Yes. But I actually like w- we we've had survival is actually the highest uh, value. Oh, within yeah. any, any any business. And I think that's been the thing that's just been exciting is like, actually, it's it's not necessarily pace. It's about persistence. And that that's that's like a, the 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 most the win, winningest trait is basically everyone that's stuck around during the bear is feeling pretty good one way or another. I feel incredible, Nick. Yeah. I feel absolutely incredible. I mean, $8 Solana was a blessing. Dude, we launched the same day <laughs> that Robinhood delisted Soul. The literal you, same exact day. So, so do you know why? I didn't realize it either. Easy made me realize it yesterday. The reason why we don't realize it is because all of the effects of that event happened two weeks before. When the yeah. SEC document leaked, it hit Soul hard because they specif- specified Soul. to 14. And then- right? Like Robin Hood. Exactly. Robin Hood announced the delisting and then the, the market priced it in immediately. So we felt the impact weeks before and we didn't give a shit that we were launching Bodagos on the day of the delisting because it was already priced in. It's not like it was going to keep going down on the day of the delisting. So it wasn't like the seismic event for us. That seismic event happened two weeks before and that cut, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars off of the primary sale. But we just said, fuck it, we ball. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know what I'm saying, dog? Yeah, let's anyway, pat ourselves on the back for the next. Pat ourselves on the back, ladies and gentlemen. We're really cool. Anyway, real quick, we got someone who's actually really cool. This guy's a young man. This guy's a tall man. For five minutes, you know. No, we got him for nearly twenty minutes. But anyway, he'll come back. That's the best part is you just have him back. We got motherfucking Finn on the show. What's going on, Finn? Good morning. How is everyone? Oh, we're doing been, well, man. <laughs> we did cocaine my, uh, this morning. I was gonna say I've been sitting in my little VIP, my little VIP listeners spot for, for a little bit. Uh, you were in like the green the room. You're the green room. It's uh, you know, there's a there's a lack of charcuterie boards back there. I was gonna say we, we didn't. Uh, I was yelling at Clemente because mm. he didn't tell me what was on your rider, and uh, yeah. and that's bullshit. Normally we would I just see. ship stuff to your house. I'm gonna need my rider a little beefed up next time, but uh, but otherwise it's uh, it's comfy couches. I'll give you that. Hell yeah. Well, look, we are very excited to have you on the show. You are a video game guy in the NFT space. I am. Um, so, so check it out. So we had that tweet earlier from Rom, which said that uh, NFTs are the first area to lose liquidity and the last to gain liquidity. Yes. And that it directly matches up with my trajectory during, during this bear market. The whole bear market, I was buying Bitcoin, my highest conviction play. Mm-hmm. I then started amassing Ethereum. I then started amass- amassing Solana. And then I started amassing NFTs. Yeah, I think that the whole video game AVAX ecosystem, you know, maybe Polygon ecosystem, uh, these different gaming ecosystems have already started to catch a lot of, um, you know, steam. But I think Mm -hmm. that they will continue to. What are you looking at in the gaming ecosystem that you're most excited about? There's like a few things I'm looking at, right? Like, I think right now the the most exciting parts of of gaming so like for the last year and a half, right, we've had a lot of games that have just been like in production, right? So like yeah. it's been a lot like we've been in this like pure speculation period for gaming. Um, but we're hitting this like really awesome point where like I know of a ton of teams who are like nearing their launch date, right? So like we're about to for the first time, you know, have I think a, a bull cycle with actual product, which is like a little scary, right? Because like previous bull markets have really been pushed by like speculation. We've been like able to ride the speculative wave of like, what is Doodles going to do? What is Bored Ape going to do? What is Moonbirds going to do? And for some of those, it lives up to the hype, right? Like, and we see those, you know, skyrocket. And for some, it didn't. And I think gaming is a really interesting one because these are like the products we've been waiting for, at least on my side of, <laughs> of this phase. Like, we've been waiting for these games. Um, I can't tell you like how many games I've finally gotten to play test over the last three or four months that are like, I'm like, oh, this is actually fun. Like, this is a real game. Like, okay, you actually have a product here. This is exciting, like, you know, ready to see it launch. So I think that's mainly what I'm excited for is just the next kind of, like, six months just filled with game launches. Like, we know Shrapnel's doing their early access pretty soon. You know, Dead Drop has been doing its early access. We know Overworld is coming. We know, you know, Wildcard is coming. We know 
um, you know, uh, today the game, a bunch of these like really awesome projects are all kind of coming up with their launches soon. So um, I'm just excited to play games. Pa Parallel, another yeah. name. But Parallel has right? been out, right? Like Parallel is a little more like it's easier to play than some of the others. Yeah, I'm so fascinated by the way the assets go along with the ride here for these different games. To me, it's been a foregone conclusion for a while yeah. that in the next like seven years, call it, I like to just do long time horizons so I can look like uh, like I'm right or whatever. But anyway, seven, eight years, like some 10 year old kid is going to get really good at some game and he's going to complete some mission in some game that's really hard and he's going to earn a rare item. And I mean, it already happens with the loot boxes on on. C go and stuff but yeah mm -hmm. some 10 year olds just gonna be like yeah i got this thing and i sold it for 28 grand and his parents yeah. would be like what are you talking about um uh, like in-game assets versus tokens versus like you know nfts of characters how do you think about these different things so csgo is kind of like the perfect example right like i, I like to look at csgo as like they've solved the problem and we're just going to do it better right so like when you think about the process like you know uh I i'd be remiss to not give gabe his his shining moment uh, gabriel Layden, but he loves to push the custodial uh, aspect, right? Which is like the idea that like a majority of players are not really going to want to have control over their own assets. I mean, if you look at like Counter-Strike, it's a really good example, right? Like Counter-Strike is its own internal marketplace, right? Like you collect your skins in the game, you hold your skins in the game and you can trade them. It's all centralized though, right? And there's like high fees for everything. It's like a 15% fee you pay when you buy yeah. and sell skins through Steam. Um, but there's always going to be alternatives, right? Like we see, you know, Krakatoa, D-Market, Buff, all of these like third-party sites, which we can compare to Blur and OpenSea and, and these kind of, you know, and looks rare if they're still kicking. Um, and we can like look at those and know and see like, okay, so you can go trade on those. You then transfer those into a, you know, a centralized or decentralized personal, you know, asset holding. And you can trade and sell them without those fees, right? So what I'm most interested in is that aspect. It's like, how do you how do we kind of scale it out, right? Like, how do we look at a few million people playing a game? Um, you know, obviously I work, I work for the team at Sky Mavis. And so like, you know, we've done this with Axie, right? Like we've gone up to 2.8 million DAU. Um, you know, so there's an understanding of like how you operate mass users at scale. Um, but as a space, right? Like that's something that still has to be figured out because not everyone can have their own marketplace, right? They're going to have to be um, you know, marketplaces that cater to games. And right now, I don't think any of the kind of current marketplaces are really good for gamers, right? Like Blur is not really good for gaming assets because it's designed around this like, you know, continuous wash trading cycle of point farming, which is like kind of counterintuitive. I don't know if it's designed around the wash well, trading. <laughs> I mean, they're not like, yeah, we're going to make a wash trading it's platform. Gamified trading, Sorry, it's gamified, it is gamified <laughs> trading. It's gamified trading. It's gamified trading. But I, Finn, I want to I wanna call out something here too that I think yeah. a lot, not a lot of people realize is like with the gaming side of stuff, gaming marketplaces are going to have their own vertical. Like it's something that yes. I've even been pushing for on Soul because like even these idle games, NFTs end up with items and traits and skills that like mm -hmm. this is specific to the nft that you don't see on a blur or an open sea especially for like some of these games that are launching where like all this data is on chain which is way more yeah. interesting to me like imagine playing fortnite and you have a 20 win character that you can now sell that somebody mm -hmm. else wants that because you get perks for having xyz like that is the most interesting part to me is like this whole aspect of gaming coming into play like this or like i mean i look at like a pixelmon i, I bought a trainer today shockingly enough because i was like well they have a token coming out but if they do anything like Pokemon, like you level up one of these Pixelmon to level 100, that's way more valuable than a level zero or starter. You know what I mean? So, and that's yeah. like very unique to marketplaces that are way more pro gaming where they can differentiate this and make it easier for the, the consumer side. I mean, I think it's that interesting you bring up, like it, it was kind of, um, you know, I know it's a sore subject, but if we're talking like Utes, right? Like there's this interesting example of like a Ute plus points. Is there an added, you know, arbitrage value or like captains plus um, airdrop? And so, like, I think the same goes for gaming and, you know, there's going to be a lot of assets that do that. There's some teams that are looking at it from like a purely custodial perspective where um, they're soul bound, right? Like these are the soul bound identity oracles. You know, I know like um, Click is an interesting one that's building gaming identity. You know, they're soul bound, right? But they like track your progress amongst games. Or if you look at like Wildcard has, you know, the wild file, which is like, you know, it's a soul bound token that tracks all of your you know, progress across the board. And also it lets you see like, okay, you participate in these events, you're this level, you've won this many games, you play with these cards. Um, you know, but it is interesting when you get into the aspect of like what happens when when those are traded and what does it look like when, you know, what is what does that do to a, a market which is generally stable around like, here's the floor, here's the mid-rare, here's the rare. It's like suddenly you have this like new addition, which is like this one has 
experience and perks and it has maybe an added bonus item on it you know and and it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how that plays out because i think we haven't really hit that point in the market where you can like know like how do you trade an nft that's been leveled up like this yeah like what's the value on that and then that's like real play to earn that's like actually being legit good at a game and getting rewarded for it that's super Mm -hmm. interesting bunny you have your hand raised what's going on Hey, it's me, Bunny. Uh, Finn, I agree. I think uh, gaming's been the bell of the ball right now in the Web3 space. Do you think heavy metal's undervalued at point two eight? I've heard some call it the most fun game ever. Uh, <laughs> uh, under Undervalued uh, to who? <laughs> I, look, I played heavy metal. Um, I, I, yeah, I was playing heavy metal. I just delegated from a few friends who wanted me to play it because they knew that I liked games. Um, I lasted about two weeks, I think, before it hit the point where I, I play idle farming games. Huge fan. Um, that was one of the worst idle farming games I've played because you had to be <laughs> in the game for it to be an idle farm, which is not an idle farmer. An idle farmer doesn't work when you open it up. An idle farmer works on when a 24 hour cycle. Right. <laughs> like, yes. Um, I think Yuga's got a, a lot of a, a lot of ambition and a lot of drive, and there is very clear evidence that the level of quality in the product they're putting out is really high from an art level, from a UI perspective, from like they're doing a lot right. But then it comes to the game design, and there's just been some questions I think from myself and other you know prominent game members of saying like this is really this looks really amazing, but the game design needs a little bit of work. Like what's going on there? Why why is it the way it is? So. Yuga is very interesting. I, I briefly brought up Beanie, and I'll bring him up again. So Beanie called out Codas at two and a half ETH. He swept them yesterday at two and a half. And then some Chad reads his tweet and buys like $100,000 worth of Codas and, set, and doubles the price. I think a Coda is now five ETH. So Beanie basically wrote... How much is that? 3.5. Okay, so it came back down after the, the six-figure sweep. That's actually, so codas are very interesting to me. So here's the way I think about the positive and negative of Yuga Labs. Yuga Labs was a smash hit blockbuster movie type thing with Board Ape Yacht Club. And then I think their very smart founders just started thinking, well, what direction does this go? And they said, the biggest way we can do this is through gaming. And I'm fine with that. I think that's cool. Um, do they come from gaming? No, they don't. But what did they do? They hired multiple C-level people from big gaming entities, right? So Daniel Allegre, I believe he's from Blizzard. There's one other gentleman, I believe, that they grabbed from, I don't know if it was Riot Games or one of the other big games. Epic, I believe. Epic Games. C-level guy. So there you go. You get two industry badasses. You incentivize them to help you build the thing. Bang. The thing is, is they're competing with the wild cards of the world. Wild card, you know, comes from Wordle. The shrapnels of the world that, you know, come from games like Halo and others. The, you know, insert other badass game here where there's crazy, legit Web 2 gaming chops and they're just ready to send it in Web 3 right now. What do you what do you think about with with um, Yuga Labs? What do you think of that Coda move? Uh, I'm interested in that. Yeah. Mute Napes haven't been mute, moving. I'm glad I didn't buy no. the Mute Nape a few weeks ago. They're not moving, but the Coda is is particularly interesting. Only 10,000 Codas and no sort of destiny realized yet of the Codas. What do you think of all that, Finn? So there's like a couple of things that I think of that. I'll start with the the like C-suite thing, right? Like I think a lot of teams do this, right? We always see it's like, you know, in in the 2021 to early 2022, it was like connections to Disney was like the buzzword, right? And then yeah. now we're seeing the buzzword is kind of like, oh, 20 years of combined game experience. Mind you, 20 years of combined game experience on a team of 125 people is a little bit shocking, uh, to be honest, for a company that's leaning into gaming. But it's also like, ultimately, right? Like at the end of the day, it's it's PR, right? Like it's buzzword. It's It's getting excited about like, oh, okay, this person comes from Facebook. But like, they could have been an intern, you know, like it's for most of the teams when they flaunt this, we don't really know. The good thing is from from Yuga, like we know, right? Like we know Daniel Allegra's past. I'm actually not as excited about his past with with Call of Duty as I am as his past at Google. Um, for like 17 years, he was at Google and I believe he was like head of global product at Google, which I think is way more exciting. Yeah, than that's Daniel, crazy. Right. Like that's that's the level of like, OK, so he's launched global product before for Google, for Google, which is like. That's not a that's not a small thing. Um, 
and uh and then you know shifting gears into like the um the the coda thing like look we've been waiting on other side speculation and understanding and clarity for what a year now um they fired the team that was working on it they replaced them with a new team and brought in more studios it's now kind of we've reset progress right we're waiting for a new other side trip we're waiting for a new clarification moment on what is the other side right is it still the the clubhouse for apes is it now a musical experience is it a gaming arcade is it all of them like i think ambition needs to meet expectation and reality with the other side and until the team gives clarity on that i think we just don't know fair enough what's going on with you and jonah jonah gave us a big shout out <laughs> yesterday on twitter we're big jonah yeah. fans i'm gonna i'm pushing to meet up with him at our basil what's going on there uh yeah we've been doing a uh bi-weekly twitter space uh, on gaming uh for the last god i don't know a couple months now i think it's three or four months it's been fun man you know jonah jonah's one of those wonderful people that uh i've had the pleasure of knowing offline <laughs> and uh and he's uh he's a good button pusher uh and he's one of probably my favorite engagement farmers on this platform <laughs> uh and he also knows what he's talking about so it's really fun to get into arguments and discussions with him because he <laughs> He he knows what he's talking about, and he will drop his facts and numbers and and back up anything that he uh, he chooses to farm. Well, well, there you go. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you give Finn a follow. It's at Finn underscore Totten. That's at P H I N underscore T O T T E N. Definitely a very very good follow if you're interested in gaming and really just interested in Web three in general. Finn, thanks so much for coming on, man. This was awesome. My pleasure. Absolutely. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. Monday, December 4th. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Been doing it for two years, ladies and gentlemen. Really excited to run it into this bull market. Show's also available on Apple and Spotify podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Also available on YouTube and X platform video if you want to experience the video feed of the stream. Yeah, this was fantastic. We will be back tomorrow. Thank you for listening, everyone. We're going to keep it going.